12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. Time to check in with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist, all the way out in Brisbane to get the latest headlines from Australia. Jason, always a pleasure. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Adrian. It's our birthday month, April, so uh, we can talk about that a bit later on. But enjoying the beautiful autumn weather here in the sunshine state of Queensland. Yeah, as you get older, the years just get faster. And, uh, you know, I would like it to slow down just a little bit. But let's start with some major news coming out of Australia. We're talking about the outage of the phone provider Optus. Now, this is owned by Singtel. Now, what's happening here? How did this exactly come about? And what is the solution to this? Well, Adrian, Optus is the second largest wireless carrier in Australia with 10.5 million subscribers as of 2019. As you mentioned, it's wholly owned by Singtel. It's number two behind Telstra, which is the former telecom of Australia that's uh, really the biggest uh, carrier. But earlier today, there was an announcement that Optus customers have been hit by a major outage. And I'm one of those customers as well. And Optus on the website said your voice service may be interrupted. We apologize for any inconvenience caused to you during this time. So it means that many people on other networks have not been able to call people on the Optus network. So Optus is working behind the scenes to try and fix this. They're aware of the problem uh, and the company has given no estimated time for repair. So obviously, uh, you know, people who are are involved with Singtel uh, back back in Singapore are pretty concerned about this. So Telstra said it was working with Optus to have the service reconnected. And as any Singaporean will know, it's a, when something affects your phone service, it's a, it's a major problem. So that's the update here on the, the Singapore connection to the Australia's telecommunications networks. It is a big problem right there. But, uh, you know, let's just hope that uh, there won't be further outages. Another big story coming out is uh, just next month will be the federal election. A lot of people are eagerly awaiting the results of that. Prime Minister Scott Morrison and the Liberal National Party. Now, they've fallen further behind opposition leader Anthony Albanese. Now, you know, heading into the business end of the federal election, Jason, what can we expect? Is is there going to be a major upset on the cards or is he going to bounce back, Mr. Morrison? Well, it really is an interesting situation, Adrian, because uh, as many listeners will remember, no one expected Scott Morrison to win the 2019 election. And the other bizarre thing is he actually hasn't actually officially called the date yet, but we do know it's going to be either the 14th or the 21st of May, which is very, very soon. So he'll probably call it in the next couple of days, but a couple of news polls have come out showing that Labor's two-party lead is about 10 points or eight points, depending on which uh, poll you look at, which is very, very concerning uh, for the uh, you know Liberal National Party, which holds power at the moment. And even the head-to-head, Scott Morrison going up against Anthony Albanese, and now Scott Morrison is behind Anthony Albanese, who's not popular at all head-to-head Albanese with a, with a one-point advantage, which again is, isn't very significant. But there is a very strong disapproval of Scott Morrison, 51% disapproval among women, 45% among men, while Albanese only has a 26% approval amongst women, but a 31% disapproval. So people obviously have much stronger opinions about Scott Morrison, who's made a, a number of bad mistakes uh, in 2022. And that's despite the economy ticking over quite nicely and also Unemployment being at the 50 low year low level, uh, you know, under 4%. So 
this is a, a kind of a bit puzzling. So my prediction would be that Labor may just squeak home, maybe not as uh, clear cut as it is now. And the polls were wrong in 2019. Everyone predicted Scott Morrison to lose. So he is possible that he can make a comeback. But I, I would say it's too much to make up unless something dramatic happens in the next uh, month heading in to May's federal election. Yeah, eagerly awaiting those results to see if Mr. Morrison can bounce back. As you mentioned uh, there, the polls were wrong in 2019. We've talked about uh, the major outage of the phone provider Optus and the federal election. Let's now switch our attention to Australian exports. It's been surging uh, this year and expect to climb more with global demand for energy affected by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Yeah, indeed. Exports expected to hit a record Australian $425 billion in the year to June 30, 2022. That's coming up very soon. That's revised up by 12% from the December estimate. So that is very, very positive. And again, linked into the strong Australian economy under Scott Morrison and Josh Frydenberg, the uh, treasurer. Commodity trading is shifting rapidly due to the war with Russian commodities that would normally head to developed nations now being kind of, I guess, upset by some users. And we may be diverted to China and India. So China and India may have less need for non-Russian cargo. So that means that Australia has opportunities when it comes to uh, especially coal and many other commodities. So commodities looking very, very strong for Australia, surge in energy prices. We're seeing that oil price go up and down. I think it's it's now under $100 US per barrel, but there is that hunger. And with Russia maybe shut out from that energy um, pipeline, it means that uh, countries across the world will look to other sources. So Australia well positioned to really profit from this as we go later towards the end of the financial year here, here in Australia, which is the end of June. So very positive outlook for Australia when it comes to exports. Yeah, exports are expected to uh, climb even further in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist, all the way out in Brisbane, getting the latest headlines from Australia. Jason, Singapore last week eased travel restrictions even further. This also uh, meant that over here we don't have to wear masks out in public. Well, it's not mandatory anymore. Uh, Group sizes have gone up, but this VTLs being completely out of the question, now people can move around freely, not as many tests. In relation to Australia, SQ have started flights to Cairns and the Great Barrier Reef after Silk Air flights were paused for two years due to COVID-19. Now, what's the reception been like um, over in Cairns and the Great Barrier Reef? Oh, everyone's very excited that we are now welcoming Singapore visitors on Singapore Airlines. Of course, that's an upgrade of service compared to Silk Air. And that just started at the end of last month. And as you mentioned, we had the strictest border controls uh, for something like two years. And now it's a lot easier for Singaporeans not to come not just to Melbourne, to Sydney or to Brisbane, but to Cairns. And this is really, really exciting because the 28th of March is when SQ started flying those direct flights three times a week but it will increase frequency from early May. So more opportunities for Singaporeans to go to the Great Barrier Reef. My daughter was there on a school excursion um, just uh, at the end of last year, you'll remember. But Cairns not just offering the Great Barrier Reef. You've got hot air ballooning, white water rafting, skydiving, jungle tubing, snorkeling. There's pristine nature with World Heritage listed rainforests and eco-lodges as well, plus the uh, Indigenous Aboriginal experiences. And it's about six hours and 40 minutes away from Singapore to Cairns, so a bit shorter 
to go from uh, Changi Airport to Cairns compared to um, Sydney, Melbourne or Brisbane. I, I actually want to get back to Cairns because it's been a long time since I was there and I just love it up there. It's so it's so relaxing and it really is a special part of Australia. Yeah, so news that all Singaporeans were eagerly, you know, waiting for that now travel is back to almost uh, pre-pandemic levels and they can visit uh, all those great locations uh, once again. Let's talk about the rental crisis. Now, this has forced families to live in their cars. Yeah, this is really, really bad, Adrian. We've got less than 1% vacancy rate in most capital cities uh, for rentals. And that means that many families are priced out because it's a, a landlord's market. And uh, as you mentioned, I, 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 you know, I know a family that uh, here in Brisbane that's been living in their car because they can't find accommodation with, I think, three kids. And, uh, you know, they don't, they're not blacklisted. They've been good tenants in the past. Uh, so this is likely to continue because the property market remains very, very hot here. You know, we've seen 30% rise in real estate in Brisbane, where I am. So it's difficult for people who may be a, a bit older, you know, maybe um, in their 60s or 70s and don't have much money. And with rents going up, they don't have the HDBs like they do here in Singapore, in, in Australia. So that's very, very difficult for people to try and find affordable housing, particularly in those big cities. But even in regional Australia, there's very, very few rental properties available. So this is something the government will need to look at because we've got petrol prices surging. And even though we did see the cut in the fuel excise by the Treasurer and the government uh, last week, it's still very expensive in Australia at the moment. And we spoke about that last time with groceries and everything else going right through the roof. You certainly don't want to be living in your car. So uh, let's hope this situation uh, clears up. Jason, before I let you go, we have to talk about uh, the FIFA 2022 World Cup draw, which took place in Doha, Qatar on the 1st of April. Australia found their uh, potential fate, but they'll have to first get past the United Arab Emirates, and the winner of that will face Peru. Now, what gets interesting is if they get past both these teams, they'll be in Group D alongside France, Denmark, and Tunisia. What's uh, the sort of general attitude atmosphere like surrounding the Socceroos right now? Well, it's not very positive, Adrian, to be honest, because even though we were drawn in Group D against familiar opponents, because uh, Denmark and, and France, we faced in the 2018 World Cup, we faced Tunisia before in the Confederations Cup. But to get there, you know, we have to win two playoffs. The first one will be against the United Arab Emirates. So this is because uh, both Australia and the UAE finished third in their groups. So that's a one-off playoff. And if we win that, then we'll face up to Peru who we lost to in the last World Cup. And, of course, Peru being South American opponents are very, very difficult. So I think there's a very slim chance. And the problem is the manager. You know, I know that we don't have the best players now, but Graham Arnold has been in charge of the Socceroos for the last uh, several years. And everyone thought that after they flopped, you know, losing to Japan 2-0 and then lost to Saudi Arabia 1-0, that they'd maybe sack Graham Arnold and bring in another manager for those playoff games. But no, they've stuck with Graham Arnold. And at the same time, a former uh, Socceroo manager is uh, doing so well in Scotland. Ange Postacoglu, he's the manager of Celtic. And football fans there might know that Celtic beat Rangers at Rangers over the weekend, 2-1 at Ibrox. And now they're six points clear with Tom Rogic, the Socceroo attacking midfielder, scoring one of the two goals. They're six points clear of Rangers at the top of the Scottish Premiership. And this is the team managed by Ange Postacoglu, who is the former Socceroo manager who got Australia to the 2018 World Cup. So, yeah, we do have um, a very, very tough road to get to Qatar 
2022. You might say we have two chances, Adrian, Buckley's and none of making it. <laughs> well, Jason, it's always uh, good to be optimistic because Australia could be there. You know, the United Arab Emirates, um, you know, will pose a threat. So will Peru. Yeah, certainly an interesting one to look out for in the months to come. We've been speaking with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist, all the way out in Brisbane. Thank you for the latest headlines from Australia. Thank you very much, Adrian. Happy lunchtime to all the Money FM listeners. I've got uh, my daughter at home and I'm about to make her lunch. It's school holidays here, so my hands are full. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.